Don't kick your guitar at Zandy. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. How are we? How are we? How are we? This is the day that the Lord has definitely made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? We can choose to do that. We can choose to be drab, or we can choose to be happy. There's a song I like called Happy. How long if you will if Y'all know y'all know it. Don't don't, don't like y'all know that. Y'all y'all know the song. One of my favorite songs right now today. If you were here last Sunday night, you had a treat. Dr. Tony Evans just tore the house up on our dedication service night. It was it was who was who was here, Reggie? It's a beautiful, beautiful time. Uh, just to hear him break the word down. It was wonderful to hear the word of God through such a man of God who came here. Pastor Chris and I knew him since we were 18, have known him since we were 18 years old. And he's had a chance to pour into our lives from afar and close. So it's been a, it was a treat last Sunday night to, to get to hear and speak, hear him speak about what God has put in his heart concerning dedication service. We have um, Charles Robinson. Where is he? He's, he's with the kids. He is headed to Louisville, Kentucky on this week, and he's going to do a halftime dance um, at a foot, uh, basketball game, um, and it's going to be shown on ESPN. Uh, so, so pray for Charles and Susan. And they have two of their friends that came from Canada. Three, three of their friends that came from Canada that are going to be dancing with them. Uh, uh, so that's, that's, going to be, that's a blessing. Pray the spirit of the Lord fall upon you. Amen. And that ESPN will, will be changed to Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost ESPN for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Amen. Um, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the news, but there is some interesting occurrences happening right now in the Ukraine. And in Russia, um, I think that we need to pay close attention to what's happening there because uh, former President Putin is really showing his, um, he's showing himself right now. <laughs> he's showing himself and he's trying to um, show his authority in the earth. So just pray for that situation um, and um, pray that the Lord will have his way. We just need to be aware of what's happening in the world. Amen? Um, we are in a series that Pastor Chris started called Verses. And he gave me the opportunity to speak on the flesh versus the spirit. Man, when he said, okay, Pastor, I want you to speak on this particular topic, I jumped on it because... I think this is a part of our Christian lives that we really need to get a thorough understanding. Maybe you already have that. I just, I'm speaking to people that may not have it, like I didn't have it, um, that need to have a thorough understanding between the flesh and the spirit and how the flesh controls you and how you can allow the spirit of God to control you and how who you will let dominate your life is going to dominate your destiny. And if you don't allow the Spirit of God to dominate your life, your destiny will be, as the Bible says, death when it comes to, this, to the flesh. So, I'm excited because I get to do something that um, I believe is going to be... I'm going to give you a little sneak peek on what I do in my counseling sessions. So this is not necessarily a sermon, but this is actually a therapeutic psychoanalytical, spiritual session with about a hundred people. It's going to be fun. So, don't look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. All right, that was two, three, y'all. Say, neighbor. Forget you. This is for me today. Not for you, it's for me. Okay, the Bible is very clear 
when it talks about you being born in this world. The Bible is very clear also when it talks about you being born in, with three different parts. The first part of you that is born is your spirit man. The second part of you is your soul. And the third part of you is your body. Spirit, you are made of three parts, which is spirit, soul, and body. Say that with me. Spirit, soul, and body. Say it one more time. Spirit, soul, and body. You are comprised of all three parts. You're made of spirit, soul, and body. When you were born in this earth, you were born with all three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. There's not a part that's missing. Your spirit is the essence of who you are. Your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. And your body is simply a temple that you dedicate to God, or you dedicate to yourself, or you dedicate to the world. Your body is a temple. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And your spirit is the essence of who you are. You were made in the image of God. Now, I brought this up here because I want you to see some things. Your body. Your body does not look like God. If God looked like some of us... If we... If we look like God in our bodies, we're all in trouble. Then what part of you looks like God? The Bible says that you are made in the image of God. In the likeness of God, he made male and female. So what part of you looks like God? It is the, it's the, it's the spirit and it's the soul. Your spirit and your soul look like God, not your body. Your body is made of dirt. Dust, dust, dirt, going back to the dirt. What's going back to the dirt? Your body, not your spirit or your soul. Your body's going back. Now, in the image of God, you look like God in your spirit and your soul, right? God thinks, therefore, you think. God feels, therefore, you feel. Your soul is comprised of three parts, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. God chooses, therefore, you choose. You get it so far? This is, this is not a sermon. This is a teaching lesson today. It's not a sermon, okay? So, therefore, you look like God in your soul just like God looks like you in your soul. You look just like him. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Now, in your spirit, you look just like God as well. Your spirit is alive today. Did you, did you hear that? Your spirit is alive today. It is either alive to God or alive to yourself. One of the two. If you are alive to self, you are not alive to God, which means your spirit man is dead if your spirit man is dead, it does not mean that it stopped operating. It means that it does not exist with God. Make sense so far? If your spirit man does not exist with God, your spirit man exists apart from God, then the Bible calls that spiritual death. Got it so far? So you look just like God in your soul and in your spirit. Now, how did man, what did man do to become spiritually dead in this world. What did he do? He sinned. He disobeyed God. God told him, don't eat the fruit. And guess what he did? He ate the fruit. And when he ate the fruit, guess what happened? God's spirit. This is God. God is a spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and truth. When you, when Adam bit the fruit from the tree, man's spirit was severed. Separated from God. 
There is no existence between God and man in his spirit. You get that so far? If you have no existence between yourself and God and your spirit man, and God and your, your, your physical man, guess what you are? You are dead. Now, can a dead man sing? Can a, de- can a dead man talk? It's just a really common question. It's not, I'm, I'm, not trying, I'm really not trying to trick you. I'm really not. Can a dead man say anything? Can a dead man do anything? He's just not there. He's just, he's just dead. Now, you have a spiritual man as well as a physical man. Let me show you. Let me, let me, let me, let me give you scripture with that so you don't think I'm lying. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 40. Just listen. You, this, this, no, this is not the, the part that I want you to get. Just listen to this. Verse 40 says this. There also is a heavenly body, and there also is a earthly body. Did you get that? There is a spiritual man, and there is a physical man. Your physical man is alive to the senses of this world, what you feel, what you taste, what you eat, all that stuff. But your, physical, your spiritual man is alive to the things of the spiritual world. Whether you knew it or not, you live in two different worlds at the same time. There's a spiritual world, and then there is a physical world. Spiritually, your your spiritual man is alive to the things of the spiritual world. And your physical man is alive to the things of the physical world. When you get hungry, guess what you have to do? You have to eat. And when your spirit man gets hungry, guess what he has to do? He has to eat. The Bible says man should not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. What's he talking about? Yes, man needs to eat by bread, but man also needs to eat by the word of God. What's he trying to feed? He's trying to feed your physical man as well as your spiritual man. So you can't live in this world without having a physical body and a spiritual body. The Bible says this, if, you, if your spirit is detached from your body, the, body says, the Bible says that your body is what? Dead. That's what J- James chapter 5 says. So therefore, you have to have, in order to live in this world, your spirit man must be connected to your physical man in order to survive. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28, Now, actually, it's chapter 2, verse 7. It says this. I'll read it to you really quick. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into man the breath of life. What did he do? God formed man from the dust. Get it? Now, was the dust the man? No. The dust was not the man. The dust was the body that the man would live in. So where did the man come from? God, Numa, he breathed into the body. And then the Bible says that man became a living soul. When man became a living soul, man looked like God on the inside of himself with his soul and his spirit. But now man is also has a personality, a place to live where he can express himself. So man now has dominion over the entire earth. God said, what you're going to do now is you're going to rule over everything. Over the fish of the sea, I'm giving you authority to rule over all that's in the earth. It's your responsibility. Now watch this. It is not God's responsibility for you to rule. It is your responsibility for you to rule. God's not going to make you rule. He's giving you authority to rule. But if you don't choose to rule, guess what you won't do? You won't rule. Now, Adam had an opportunity to rule, but he didn't. He failed to rule. And guess what happened? Satan saw that Adam had the authority on the earth. And guess what happened after that? Satan tricked Adam and Eve. And then the Bible says this, that the authority that Adam had to rule over the earth was delivered unto Satan. Where is that found that, Pastor Darrell? What are you talking about? It's found in Luke chapter 4. Look at what it says. 
Luke chapter 4 says this. This is just the introduction. When Jesus was being tempted in the earth, the devil said to him in verse 6, I give you all this domain and his glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. It was handed over to Satan. What was handed over to Satan? The authority to rule over all the domain of the earth. How was it handed to Satan? Back in the garden, when Adam and Eve handed it to him, when he was in the garden with Adam and Eve, Satan tricked them, and the authority that Adam and Eve was given to him when they tricked him, when he was tricked. Did you, get, did you see that? You got that? So the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. He owns everything in this world. He doesn't own the world. He owns this system that's in this world. The system in this world belongs to the God of this world, which is not Adam anymore, which is Satan. And Satan wants to rule over all of us. He wants to put us into his system. He wants to have control over us through his system. But thank God for Jesus that God came to give us a different system to live under. When God gave us Jesus, God said, you know what? You no longer have to be uh, ruled, ruled by this world, but you can be ruled by someone else. Do you hear that? When you became a Christian, when you became a child of God, the only way that you can become a child of God is if God did something himself to make you a child of God. You couldn't do anything because you were dead in your, your, your trespasses and sin. You had to have someone to intervene on your behalf so that you could now live in this world, but not this world system. Do you understand that? So if you have a relationship with God, the only way that you're going to have a relationship with God is through someone else, and that is Jesus. Now my pen ain't working. <laughs> that was a big point too. Having a little red marker ain't working. Jesus is the one who makes it possible to forgive you of your sins and also to make you connected back to God like you were in the Garden of Eden. So if you are alive in Christ, that means your spirit man is now what? It's not dead, but guess what it is now? It's alive. It's alive in Christ. How did it become alive? It, could be, it became alive through God sending Jesus to forgive you of all of your sins, all of your wrongdoings, everything that you've ever done wrong, Jesus took upon the cross. If this won't get in my way again. <laughs> Jesus died for how many of your sins? All. What about what you did yet yesterday, last night? 20 years ago, 40 years ago, all your sins, past, present, and future. He died for all of your sins, every single one. The ones that you haven't even committed yet, Jesus said, I got you. The ones that you said, okay, I can never be forgiven for this, Jesus said, guess what? I got you. Jesus died for every single, all, every, can I say, did I say all of them? All of your sin, everything that you have ever done wrong, Jesus said, I got you. He was beaten and bruised for your iniquities and my iniquities. He was, his beard was plucked for your sin and my sin. Anything that you have ever done wrong in your life, guess what? Jesus said, I got you. Everything, all of it, all oh, that's good news. That's the gospel. That's the good news of who Jesus is. But guess what? Guess what? Sometimes we live as paupers, but we're king's kids. Sometimes we live like we don't have forgiveness of sins. Sometimes we live as we, we have sin. We don't have to allow sin to rule over us anymore. Why? Because we live under a different system. 
Not the God of this world system. We live under a system that says, okay, God, if you forgive me of all my sins, guess what? I believe it. I'm forgiven. If you don't believe it, guess what? You are the most miserable person on the face of the earth. Because Satan will make sure he reminds you of all the wrong things that you've ever done. Last year, last week, last night, last summer, he'll remind you of everything. You can't be a Christian because you did that. You did this. How could you be a child of God and do those things? You're right, Satan. I did do it. But guess what? God has forgiven me of all of my sins. That should be a weight lifted from you when you know that Christ has forgiven you of everything that you've ever done wrong. I'm speaking about me. I know me. I know my sins. I know what I've done. I know all the stuff that Satan reminds me of. Even today he reminds me. But guess what? When he reminds me of my sin, guess what I have to do? I have to remind him that Jesus paid for all of my sins. If I don't remind him that, he, that Jesus has paid for all of my sins, guess what he'll do? He'll keep reminding you of your sins. And guess what happens? The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Now, the battle is here. The battle is right here in the flesh. The battle is right here. It's right here in this little section called the mind. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. If someone has your mind, guess what they have? They have your will, they have your emotions, and they have your body. Whoever has your mind has the thing that controls the body. What does that mean? That means if, if junk comes into your mind, guess what's going to happen? Junk's going to come out in your behavior. If you allow junk to come into your, your mind, guess what's going to happen? Junk's going to come out your behavior. Not only that, but if you feel like you are a stupid this is, this is the essence of spiritual warfare right here. Get this. This is the essence of spiritual warfare. If you feel stupid, you will think stupid. If you think stupid, you will feel stupid. If you feel stupid, you will act stupid. If you act stupid, you will think stupid. If you think stupid, you will feel stupid. If you feel stupid, it will show up in your behavior, in your body. That's the essence of spiritual warfare. The essence of spiritual warfare is this. Think on these things. Whatever is of good report, that's what you think on. Don't think on your own good thoughts. Your thoughts are terrible. Your thoughts are terrible. Listen, you have to think the word of God. Not your thoughts, not Satan's thoughts. You have to think the word of God on a situation that you're going through. If you're sick, think the word of God on your sickness. Hello? If you're broke, think the word of God on your brokenness. Hello? If you're hungry, think the word of God on your hunger. And then go eat. Do, do you hear me? Do, do you get this? Most Christians today don't know how to fight between the flesh and the spirit. Most Christians. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's you. I'm saying most Christians today don't know how to think or fight between the flesh and the spirit. Now listen, watch this. This, this may be a revel revelation to some of you. You ain't fighting against Satan. Satan's already defeated. You don't have to fight that battle. That battle already has been won. Let me say it one more time. You're not fighting against Satan. You're not fighting against him. He's been defeated. How was he defeated? Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. The, the Bible says that God made a public display of him by triumphing over Satan on the cross. So if you say, if you ask him, are you fighting? No, you're not fighting against Satan. He can't beat you. He can make you think that he can beat you, but he can't beat you. If he could beat you, he'd beat Christ. He can't beat Christ. 
You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. In order for you to know the truth, you got to go know the word. You can't know your thoughts. You got to know the word of God. You got to know the word of God. You have to be born again in order to know the word of God. All of you are born in this world. You have to know the word of God. Not my opinion, not your opinion. Your opinion is worth two cents and mine is worth one. You have to know the word of God. Most Christians are lost because they don't know the word of God. You need marriage counseling, get in the word of God. On, on how a man should treat a woman and a woman should treat a man. Why, how do you do that? Why do you do that? Because you need to practice the word of God in order to function in your relationship with your husband or your wife. You practice your way of living your marriage the way you want to live it, you're dead. The Bible says this about the, the wisdom of this world. Listen, listen, I'm a, from, from the Ph.D., the kindergarten, the wisdom of this world is foolish. It's foolish. It's stupid in the sight of God. It, it means nothing to the word, to God. The wisdom of this world will get you a little bit, but the wisdom of God will get you a whole lot. Here's my, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm letting you into my counseling sessions. This is what I do in my counseling sessions. Some men come, in, come into my session, and they have this thing. Well, is this what she's done? And this is why she's done? And I, can't, I don't know what to do. What are you doing? Then the woman comes in my session. This is what he's doing. He's not meeting my need here. What are you doing? First question I always ask. Are you getting God's word on your position as a husband? If you're not, you're dead. I can't help you. I'm not going to help you. I don't have anything to offer you. It's God's word that's going to change your mind, which in turn will change your situation, and we'll have a happy marriage. You will be happy. <laughs> and, and check this out. And sometimes people get mad at me for telling them the word of God. Why are you getting mad at me and going to blame me for what I'm, I'm, I'm only giving you what God word, God's word says. Satan has been defeated, but watch this. Your flesh has not. Let me say it one time. Satan has been defeated, but your flesh has not. God is not going to put your flesh to death. He's asking you to put your flesh to death. If you don't put your flesh to death, your flesh will rule over you. You sometimes are waiting for God, can you please help me with this situation? Can you please, you praying and, and sincere, God, can you help me? Can you do this for me? Can you, can, can you help her to see my position? Can you help him to see my position? Can you help them to, and God's like, no, no. That's the wrong prayer, stupid. That's the wrong prayer. The prayer should be, God, can you help me to see how I need to respect her through your word? It's a difference. Because all of us about us, we love, we love us some us. We love, I love me some me. And if I have me, if you get in the way of me, I'm going to move you out of my way so I can get me some me. And nothing like a marriage will show you you. Nothing like a marriage will show you your junk. Nothing like a marriage will show you how selfish you really are. And that selfish is a part of the flesh. And the flesh must be crucified. And, and the, Jesus said this himself. You must daily crucify your flesh. That means when you get up tomorrow morning, your flesh is going to be alive and kicking. And guess what you got to do? You got to crucify that, that flesh not just tomorrow morning, after church is over today. When you decide on where you want to go eat, you got to crucify your flesh. We had that last week. Can't we have what we want this week? Can I have something different this week? 
You have to crucify your flesh. Your flesh wants what it wants. And the Bible says your flesh, listen to this, your flesh cannot, it will not, it does not, it has not the capability to submit to God. It can't do it. It will never do it. Your flesh will never submit to God. Matter of fact, I like to say, I like saying it this way. My wife didn't like it, but I like it. Your flesh, that part of you that doesn't want to submit to God, is best friends with the devil. Best friends. Best friends. Your flesh always wants to think about what it wants and not about what another person wants. Guess what you got to do? You have to crucify it. Got to crucify it. Listen, Jesus is not going to crucify your flesh. He's asking you to crucify your flesh. Here's a, I'm going to give you a real prime example. Your, your flesh says, you know, the Spirit of God in you says, time to get up and read the Word. Time to get up. Let's have some communion. Let's have some time together. Let's get into the Word of God. Let's, fi- let's find out what the Spirit of God wants for you today. Let's get into the Word. And your flesh says, ooh, I'll get it later on. He's always there. The flesh is always there. I- I'll do it later. I- I'll just, 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 let me just do this first. Let me just get me some, let me get five extra minutes of sleep. Let, let me, let me just have, okay, I'll get, okay, God. You ain't got to tell me again. And the Spirit says, okay. You got to have this word in order to, man should not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. But your flesh is saying, yeah, but I, I need five more minutes to sleep because I, I, I stayed up late last night. I, I, just, I didn't get all the rest that I needed. So guess what? I'll get to you later, spirit. So guess what? I, I need this extra five minutes. So let me have this extra five minutes so that I can have my way. I'll get up with you. I'll hang out with you. But wait a minute. Let me, let me just do my thing. Am I talking to myself or talking to the walls right now? Does this apply to you or does it apply just to me? Because it, it's, it's all up in my Kool-Aid. It, it, it just messes me up. Sometimes I don't even want to go in God's presence. Sometimes, like this week, sometimes I'm mad at God. God, I'm just mad at you. And I tell him. He knows what I'm thinking anyway. I might as well go and tell him. You look inside on me. God, I'm, ain't you ain't you tired of me? This this ain't you tired of the situation? Aren't you? T- look, I'm tired of it. You got to be tired of it. And then the scripture came to my mind that I didn't want to hear. Now he'll talk to you too. He he'll, he'll love, he loves to talk to. you. He's talking all the time. He wants to talk to you. Problem is, that sometimes we don't want to listen. My grace is sufficient for you. That's what he said to me this week. No, I don't want to hear that. I'm ready for this to be over. I'm tired of this. Go a little deeper. I wanted to cuss, like Pastor said last week. I wanted to cuss, but I knew better because I was kind of scared. Like, you know, God, I... I... (laughs) I can go, but wait a minute. I'm talking to the creator now. Wait a minute. I'm talking to the one that knows everything there is no... Wait wait a minute. Let me back up. Let let, let me me put it in reverse before he really shows himself with me. Let me show you something real quick. I got 15 minutes. Let me show you this. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 23 and 24 says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He who has called you is faithful. He will do it. It didn't say he may do it. It says he will do it. Now here's the condition on he will do it. Listen, you got to get this one. Here's the condition on he will do it. Now, he wants to circumvent. He wants to get involved in your circumstances, but he will not get involved if you don't let him. If you don't allow him to get involved in your circumstance, he can't do it. 
Did you hear that? You can say, listen, you can say to God all you want. God, I want you to help me. I want you to help me. I want you to help me. But if you don't submit to his will, he can't help you. And let that sink in. You can say all day long, God, I want to be the husband that I need to be in this relationship. But if you never submit to God's will on what a husband should be in your relationship, you'll never be the husband that you need to be. Same for the wife. You'll never be it. He wants to sanctify you. He wants to, he wants to separate you. He wants to purify you. He wants to purify your spirit, your soul, and your body. But it takes you working with him in order for that to happen. You can't do the first part. The first part he did. There's nothing that you can do to sanctify your spirit. Your spirit is sanctified when you become a Christian. When you become a, a child of God, guess at that moment you become sanctified in your spirit, man. You become an instant child of God. And guess what? Your spirit, man, becomes perfect. Your spirit man becomes perfect when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And your spirit man is perfect, but guess what? Your flesh is still wicked. Your soul didn't get saved when your spirit got saved. Your soul is, guess what? It's being transformed. The Bible says this. You have to be transformed in the renewing of your mind. And guess what? God's not going to transform your mind. You have to. How do you transform your mind? Romans 12, 1 and 2. Renewing your mind by the word of God. If you don't renew your mind, God ain't going to come down and put the Bible in your forehead and say, okay, Daryl, here it is. You got the word now. No, you have to get the word in your spirit, man. If your spirit, man, is not drinking the word of God, guess what happened? It is, it's starving. The Bible says in, in 1 Peter that you must desire the sincere milk of the word of God. If you don't desire the milk of the word of God, you cannot grow. And when you can't grow, guess what happens? Your soul takes over. When your soul takes over, guess what happens? You stink. I stink. We all stink. We look like we're not saved. We act like we're not saved because you're not listening to the Spirit of God. You're listening to your soul, your mind, your own thoughts, your own will, your own way of thinking. When you do that, guess what happens? Your flesh takes over. And when your flesh takes over, you got a mess. A hundred percent of people who are in relationships today, the reason that your relationship is jacked up is because you're in the way. I'm in the way. If I get out of the way, God wants to give us peace. This is made the God of peace sanctify you through and through. He wants to sanctify you. He desires to sanctify you. But I got to get out of his way in order to be sanctified. And sometimes I don't want to do that. Amen, walls. <laughs> you, you know you, right? No one knows you like you know you in the Holy Spirit. You, you know you. You know what you're like. And listen, get this. The fight against your flesh and the spirit. It's, it's, listen, the answer is really simple, but it's hard to implement. It's really simple. Here's the answer. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. That's a, that's a really simple answer. But boy, when you hot on 38 hot, you don't want to choose ye this day. You want to choose your way. You want to do what you want to do when you're mad. You want to live the way you want to live when you're angry. Well, I must be stepping on a whole lot of toes today. Are the toes, is, is it hurting you a little bit? You, you, can't, you can't say, say yeah, amen. Ouch is good. Do, do, you hear, do you hear what I'm saying? Listen, here's, here's more scripture. When you were born in sin, here's what the Bible says. Therefore, just as through one man's sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned, you cannot, listen, 
You don't know how to live your life. As much as you want to think you do, as much as I want to think I do, I don't know how to live my life. The best way to Christian growth is when a man comes to the end of himself. When he comes to the end of himself, I can't, I, you know what, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And when I don't know what I'm doing, I can say, God, help me because I don't know what I'm doing. And here's the sad truth. When, you, when it's almost over and you can't take it anymore, when you're at your last straw, when you're at the end of your last straw, when you're at the end of the end of the last straw, that's when you start calling on God. Now, God, he'll rescue you, but you've got a whole lot of work to do at that point. And sometimes you don't want to do the work. Sometimes I don't want to do the work. Sometimes it's hard to do the work. Can somebody say amen besides me? It's just difficult. So as you continue to walk in this world, listen, your flesh will always fight against your spirit. The Bible says it really clear in Romans chapter 8 and in Galatians chapter 5. They live in, they're contrary to one another. If your flesh, listen, your flesh wouldn't, your flesh didn't want to come to church this morning. Didn't want to come. Did not want to, it's raining outside, it's going to snow late on the night. I got to go to the grocery store to pick some food up. I got to go on and do some things. I got, I got to make some things right. Uh, maybe I'll just miss church today. Church ain't going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be all right. Your flesh is speaking. It, it'll be, it, 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 I'll see him again next week. Come on, let's just, let's just go to the, let's beat the, Kro, the, the Kroger crowd because you know it's going to come. <laughs> let's beat the crowd because you know it's coming on. So let's just go on and get the, let the oh, oh, we can watch, we can watch the word on TV today. We, that's what we can do. Bedside Baptist will be good for us. We can just get that in. Flesh will just speak. Yeah, he, and, and guess what? Whew, you right, flesh. You, you make an agreement with flesh. Ooh, you right. Ooh. Ooh. Feel good, yeah, yeah. Feels good. Oh, love. Mm. You know what? You, you're right. I don't need to go to church today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's let's just stay on in the bed today. Let's stay on in here. At least I got a, a laugh on that. That's an amen. I, I'll take that as an amen. I'll take that as an amen. Flesh will always speak, but the spirit of God will always speak. And but here's how God speaks. You know you need to go. And that's all he'll say. He's not going to argue with you. He's not going to make you do anything. He's not going to say, okay, now you know you need to get up and go to church today. You know I got something for you today. You need to come get that word today. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do it. All he's going to do is say, okay, it's your choice. Oh, I hate when he does that to me. I hate it. It's your choice. No. I'm I'm sweating. I I got a whole lot of perspiration going on. A lot of stuff going on. Did, did I get it? Oh, you making my head? Okay, you mean just, I'll do the whole thing. I, I just, I just, ah. Uh. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Is that better? Boy, I tell you what, my family always trying to make. You know, I, I don't dress myself. I'm like a little kid. I'm a little kid at the store, you know. I had to go to my wife, honey, is this okay today? Does this look good? I think I'm okay, but if I'm not okay, I get to go back in the, in the closet and change my clothes again. Lexi, is this okay, Lexi? Zandy, am I okay? And once I say, yeah, you got it, Dad, you good today. So guess what? My kids dressed me and my wife dressed me today, so give them a hand. <laughs> And, and my son is the coolest. My, my son, I, I, <laughs> I'm off in the flesh giving the message, right? My son is the coolest. I, I wish I could just, just be cool like him. I just want to be cool like my son. He, he, he got them socks on, and, you know, got them different color socks on, and he'll just flip his pants up. And, and I'll be looking at him sometimes. I said, man, I wish I could do that, but I'm too old. <laughs> I can't do that no more. You know, I, I, I had hair, but it wasn't like his. I had to put the curly kid in mind to make mine curl like his. The S curl. Yeah, I remember them S curls. 
I'm going to give you a story about a man who was in the flesh, who knew the word of God, who was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And he knew the word, but he was foolish. Just listen to the story. John chapter 3, verse 1 through 6 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Listen to the answer of the ruler of the Pharisees. Listen to the answer that he gave. He didn't know spiritual things. He was only listening and looking at the flesh. He was not looking at the spiritual things that God was trying to teach them. He was only looking at the flesh. He said to Jesus, Jesus, can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? Sounds foolish to us. But this this was a ruler of the Jews. That means he was the top notch of the Jews that he was teaching. He was teaching the Jews to teach the Jews. And he said some some crazy stuff because he didn't understand the things of the spirit. Remember what I said in the beginning? The wisdom of this world is what? It's foolishness. And Jesus said, hey, you must be born again. What was he talking about? He was talking about born again of the spirit. Not of the flesh, of the spirit, not of the flesh, of the spirit, not of the flesh, of the, not the, of the, not the, not the, oh good, you you did good, but of the, good principle, check it out, great principle, when you're looking for spiritual answers, don't look to the flesh. Don't look to the wisdom of this world. Look to the wisdom of God. Guess what? I'm on marriages right now. I'm on marriages. Marriage is a spiritual institution that was inaugurated by God. You don't look for spiritual answers through the flesh. If God instituted marriage, guess who you go to to go find answers to marriage? You look for the spirit, not the Makes sense that it just, it just it, it makes sense is hard is hard to implement. Only reason it's hard to implement is why. There you go. Your flesh gets in the way. Your flesh gets in the way. I'm, I only gave you a little bit of what I do in my counseling sessions. But I'm going to be having a class, an eight-week class on this. Now, I would encourage every person in this church to go through the class. I encourage that, but guess what? You got to get past your flesh. You got, you got to get past, I don't feel like getting up on Sunday morning and coming to church at 9 o'clock to listen to no class. You're going to have to get past that. But I'm going to be on March the 30th. I'm going to give a a, a whole dissertation on spirit, soul, and body that I think is going to be well worth your weight if you are single, if you are married, if you are married, if you are single, if you are single, if you are married, that I believe if you're a man, if you're a woman, I'm not going to say that. If you're a man, if you're a woman, freedom can be given to you. Oh, my gosh. It can be. And guess what? It's not going to be me. It's going to be the Spirit of God showing you how to live your life as an individual so that you can become the person that God wants you to become. Oh, it's going to be really good. So March the 30th is going to be the first class, and I'm going for eight weeks. And and guess what? I guarantee you, if you listen and if you do what the Spirit of God tells you to do, your life will be prosperous. It's going to be prosperous. I've had people go through the class already and say, oh, why, why don't people, 
Where has this been all my life? I just found out about five years ago. But it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So anybody interested in, interested in the class? Let me see if you're interested. Well, here, here's the deal. I, I set y'all up. <laughs> if you're interested in the class, at the end of the service, go out in the hallway, sign your name, saying, I am going to be coming to this class so I can get all the benefits of what God has for me when it comes to the flesh and when it comes to the spirit so that I can learn to be all that God has called me to be in this, in this life. So let me see your hands again. I just want to see. Honey, uh, look around, honey. Look around. Look. <laughs> keep, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up in the back. And I don't see. Okay, okay. Hands, 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 hands up. So let me ask you a question. What do you have to do? Where? Real simple. Then that's spirit. Do I have to do my head again? I'm good. So as, as, the, as the band comes up again, if God has spoken to you today, and there's some repenting that you need to do, just do it. You don't have to come up and be all religious. In your, in your chair. God, I know. I, I, I messed up. I messed up. I've listened more to my flesh than must be. You know what? Thank you for showing me today. Thank you. So if, if that's you, just allow the Spirit of God to work on your heart. No one can change you, but the Spirit of God and you participating with Him so that you can be changed. You can do it. We can do it. We have the ability within us to get it done. It's a lot, so much more than give. The Bible says the same spirit that lives in our spirit, that spirit that is alive in us, is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave. It's the same spirit. I have access to the same spirit. That means I have access to healing power. That means I have access to forgive. That means I have access to deny myself. The Bible also says, greater is he who is in me, who is in you. He who is in you, the spirit of God is in you, is greater than he who has access to this world. Oh, it's so, it's, it's so, it's so, much, it's so much richness in this class. I encourage you to take it. I encourage you to be there so that God can deliver you in Jesus' name. Nothing can compare your 